How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Off and rolling midweek Wednesday, September 13, 2023, and welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, Gabe Coon, on X at GM score Coon71, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That'd be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning929. He'll be it. Celtic tonight. Biggest trivia, general knowledge trivia game in the city on a Wednesday night. Owning it, but how are you doing? Seven ten p.m. I'm doing great, man. I think uh, most people in the city could probably use a beer. Yes. So come to Celtic. You are not. Relax, lying. everybody. Chill out. Play some trivia. Yell at each other about that. <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> you can wear your Tigers gear or your Grizzlies gear. We'll separate the bar everybody depending on what, what gear you wear. Oh, you you are not lying. We'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> everybody, chill the hell out. My gosh. We, we argue about enough, but this stadium renovation thing is driving me up a damn wall. Listen, if you I win, gotta be completely if you win the $75 at Celtic, you can donate it to whichever <laughs> team you want to to y'all, get the y'all money. Run, y'all run free trivia, right? It's free trivia. Free trivia. trivia. Just, uh, just free trivia. Knows. Yes. Yes. We have three hours to talk on the way courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We're going to open on overreaction and not an overreaction. I think everyone collectively. What could it possibly be about? I think everyone collectively is overreacting to the moon about the stadium renovations of the $350 million that the state has put into Memphis to do stadium renovate. Everybody calm down. I think everyone's overreacting, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, we're also going to get to the NBA Board of Governors passing tougher testing po- arresting policy for, uh, for star players. They have a fine system that is going to be put in. Now, star players, I'll tell you what the definition is here in just a moment, um, but I like the effort. We'll discuss it. Um, bottom of this hour, we do have Thursday night football. Two separate games. One of local interest, Tigers versus Navy. 16-point favorites. The Tigers are. You want them to leave no doubt. You want to see what that defense looks like against triple option. But I think even more so, offense is going to be the name of the game tomorrow night. Can they get that run game going? Ryan Silverfield, Coach Silverfield, has pr- promised that uh, they're going to give out looks tomorrow. The team that we haven't seen before. So I'm curious to see what that, uh, what that looks like ultimately as we get into Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium tomorrow at 6.30. Also, we have Vikings at Eagles that we will talk about. That'll be Thursday night football in the NFL. Finally on Amazon. No NBC this, this week. We have it all figured out now. So why do we do that at the beginning of the year? I mean, somebody probably has an explanation for me. Why do we all have – we have all the uh, – the TV networks are all confusing and thrown off at least week one. We had NBC, Thursday Night Football. It's on Amazon the rest of the year. But why do we have NBC – Week one, do you have an answer to that, Connor? Money. Money? Okay, I think they all put up enough money. But trying to find where these things are at the beginning I'm of the year I'm also curious if the, uh, if the writer strike has anything. Well, for instance, really? last night we went to my parents' house and had dinner, and we watched the MTV Movie Awards on like five or six different channels. Like BET was running it, VH, everybody was running yeah. because there just had no programming. So I'm curious if maybe there was a programming deal that got made for it. Anything anything of note from watching the awards last night? Anything? It was cool. Okay. Yeah, it was all right. Was that was that where all the Selena Gomez content was coming out? I'm sure it was. Okay. I'm sure it was. 
Yeah, she looked unimpressed. She always. Insync got back together for an award. Speaking of Selena Gomez, you're a TV guy. You were, you were only murders in the building. Huge and me only, too. massive. I mean, how can you? Massive I'm only telling, murders. I'm fan. telling folks Dude, right now, and Martin I know Short I'm, the goat. Well, you have Martin Short, Steve Martin. You have Selena Gomez. Uh, Meryl Streep is in this season, and she's incredible. It's insane. Paul Rudd, Jesse Paul Rudd, Williams, it, 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 like the the. Cast is star-studded. It's hard not to like it. So it's my number one comfort show. I actually wait until after trivia because it comes out on Tuesdays now. It used to come out on Wednesday, right. so I would do trivia and then Only well, Murders was my on, show. on Hulu. It comes out on Monday, Monday nights right. at 11 p.m. I wait, stay I wait until Wednesday night, though, because it's like my reward for working so hard on Wednesdays and doing <laughs> trivia. So you have not seen? I have not episode. seen this. Okay. I've heard it is it is littered with cameos, and it's a lot of fun. But no, Only Murders is fantastic. The discussion last week about Martin Short was insane on Twitter. He's one of the goats. What was the discussion? Some people were saying he was annoying, and it's like, y'all can just get the hell out of here. It's Martin Short. If that's your opinion, you're no longer allowed to have an opinion. It's Martin Short. How can you hate him? It's Martin Martin Short. Short. I mean, you do have to get into, and luckily my mom exposed me to, like, Steve Martin and his comedy early. Have to. So you have to be into, like, the Steve Martin comedy to really pick up on the, the dramedy aspect of that show. I really like it, though. It's a good. It's a good watch for me and my fiance. It's just a great comfort show. It's like a warm blanket. We're, it's it's a great comfort show, but it's about murder. Mm. Does that say something about you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was a ridiculous sidebar. We'll also have a trip around the NFL at five thirty. Small talk at five fifty. Uh, the Blitz will be at six thirty per normal. And a state judge in Washington has granted a temporary restraining order. Uh, They did this Monday, so we're a little late to it, but this will prevent the Pac-12 conference from meeting today as a board, and only Washington State and Oregon State, which makes a lot of sense because they're the two left behind. They're the only two real members of the Pac-12. They will be the only schools with voting power. We'll discuss that as well as a little bit of college football news. We have a quarterback being named a starter officially at one of the premier schools in the country. The Rewind at 6.50. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins, 5 o'clock. I think we know what we're going to talk about. I, th- I think I know what I'm going to talk about with Jeff today. I think it'll have, it'll have to do a lot with uh, $350 million in stadium renovations. So he'll be at 5 o'clock. And then 6 o'clock, we'll get off that beaten path. We'll get out of the city of Memphis for at least a little bit. And we'll talk with Ty Richardson, ESPN Arkansas, college football, SEC. He handles all of that for us. But uh, without further ado, on a Wednesday, it's always customary to start the show with overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to wild and crazy guys. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. Speaking of Steve Martin, he's in that intro. Two wild and crazy guys. Shout out. Laird Veach put the full court press on the city to get the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium renovations done. The state, of course, gave $350 million to split between several projects in the city. But the debate is raging on. And it's getting contentious within the fan bases. So my question to you is, too much is being made of this debate. Overreaction or not an overreaction? This is not an overreaction if I ever had a not an overreaction. Everybody calm the hell down. It's it's fine. Okay? I think everybody in the end of the day, this is my opinion, I think everybody in the end of the day will get what they want to get out of this. It may not be on time, though. And that's as simple as I can put it. The truth of the matter is, if we're talking about the future of this city and we're talking about where these, these funds need to ultimately happen, what renovations need to, be, need to get done, I've talked about in the past the Grizzlies and what they need as far as a stadium renovation. It feels like a holdover. It feels like you're just sort of making them happy so they stay in town. And I get where people that, that wear Tiger Blue can be a little bit frustrated by that because you feel like the growth opportunity at the University of Memphis, if you get these stadium renovations done, could ultimately propel you into a power conference. Now, that is not guaranteed. I want to make that very clear. If you had a guarantee, 95, 90 to 95% sure guarantee that if you got these stadium renovations done, you'd end up in a power conference, I think the conversation would be a little bit different. But everybody just calm the hell down for at least one second and realize that the Grizzlies are more important to this city long-term, keeping the one pro franchise in this city. That's more important. We have a lot of younger fans that have latched onto it. I understand that those younger fans may not be spending money right now, but here in 10 to 20 years, they'll be spending money. They'll be helping the economy downtown on Beale Street. To keep the Grizzlies in the city is the most important thing long-term for this city. And, I, like, I, Connor, that's sort of where, I, that's where I'm at on this whole debate. Yeah, I, I, and, 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 and listen, you know I'm, a, I, I'm an alum. I played at the University of Memphis. I want these these – 
renovations at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium to get done. I hate, and usually you, you have a kiss of death for a couple years when you have to delay the start time, and that's why Laird Veach and the people at the University of Memphis are trying to put this full-court press on. You know where my intentions lie, and you know what I want done at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, but I can also admit what is more important long-term for the city, and that's keeping the Grizzlies happy and keeping them in the city. They can move. The University of Memphis can't. And I know people are going to get frustrated, annoyed with what I have to say, but that's the situation we have right this second. You have to remove all emotion from this discussion if you want to have a real talk about it. You have to. It's, I understand... I'm a little alum. I grew up loving the Memphis Tigers, born and raised. My whole much 28 emotion. years we have about been as in the city. Much emotion on the on the Tiger side as we could have. Right, and we still have to realize what is important in the given times. That Listen, we're in. when you zoom out, I absolutely think that the Liberty Bowl could use some renovations. Uh, it, it needs it, some it help. Could have it, it, it has been overdue for renovations for sure. some time now. Absolutely. I think the argument, though, that it needs to be renovated because of the potential realignment talk is, is misguided I, because there is no guarantee that is going to happen, and you cannot take that risk to piss off the Grizzlies, which, to be honest, I'm not really sure the Grizzlies would be pissed off in any way. Like, we're, we're, a lot of people, kinda, haven't said a lot of people are making way. assumptions about how the Grizzlies feel here. I think that we need to you know, pump the brakes on that a little bit, too. But when you zoom out, the long-term health of the city economics needs the Grizzlies here. Yes. Downtown needs it. Beale Street needs it. And guess what? The Memphis Tigers also play in the FedEx Forum. So those renovations would still help the Tigers make money. I get it. We want the Simmons Bank Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium to get renovated. We want it to be what we believe it can be. But at the end of the day, the University of Memphis cannot be the University of Memphis in Nashville. The Grizzlies can be the Nashville Grizzlies. They can move. They can change cities. They haven't, and no, they, haven't, they haven't said that they, they haven't would. threatened that, right. but that is a possibility. So you, what can you do as a city to remove that possibility? And it can be this, to give them the renovations that they need. I understand that it's not fair. That's not, that's not how these things work. It's not fair. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's and, strictly and, business. And, and this conversation we're having is based on the fact that the $350 million, we don't know what else can really right. uh, come of this. I am of the opinion... And I've heard a lot of people talk to a lot of people behind the scenes that want both projects done on, on both sides. The either-or aspect of this thing, that's one thing I think Laird Veach did kind of hit on the head. I don't necessarily, it need, I don't necessarily think it needs to be an either-or conversation. Right. Uh, I think that one side is going to have to deal with maybe a delay on getting everything done, right? Whether it's the Tigers and Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium or the FedEx Forum and the Grizzlies. You just have to decide who you want to have delay and maybe get a little bit angry uh, in that process. And I just don't, I don't think angering the Grizzlies is, is the way to go here. But they haven't said much, right? They haven't said much. So I, I ultimately think this conversation, all of this mudslinging back and forth could be all for nothing because both may get what they want in the end of the day and we could sit here and be happy and kumbaya. Right. That's what I think is a very strong possibility. But at the given moment, the amount of discussion and hatred and everything going back and forth. It's gone Everybody too far. Relax. It's gone too far. Some of the comments that have been made to, you know, I, I just got to say it, you know, Anthony Sane's one of my guys. And some of the things that people have said to him are crossing the line. People need to relax. Relax. We're talking about the Memphis Tigers and the Memphis Grizzlies. At the end of the day, we are all rooting for both of these teams. We are all rooting for both of these facilities to get, to get what they need. But real talk, 100%. If it comes down to either or, you're giving it to the Grizzlies. <laughs> Full stop. Why is this? Now, even, now, I don't understand why I, this is a discussion. I, I, I do get the sense that I do get the sense, and and I think you get the same sense. I feel like the University of Memphis and the city and the mayor's office are maybe on a better accord right now, or on or they're they're more uh, linked in these in these you know where these funds are going to be allocated than the Grizzlies are with the mayor's office. I, I, that's the sense I get right now. I don't. It, this whole, it's going to either go all to the Grizzlies or all to the Tigers, I don't think that's going to be where this ends. No, if I no. Think, if I had to put money on it, I think it's going to land where the Grizzlies get the majority of it and the Tigers get some. They're not going to get everything that they wanted, but they're going to get some, and that's going to be okay. That'll be fine. It is sad, though, that this discussion about getting $350 million from the state, which, by the way, in the city of Memphis does not happen very often. No, it doesn't. Usually that goes to Nashville or Knox, whatever the hell, you know, to, to other cities in the, in the, in the state of Tennessee. The fact that we have $350 million in state funds heading this way and it's just become a, a complete point of contention and argument, that's sad to me. That's sad to me. It should, yeah. be, it should be relative. It should be happy 
that the state decides to fund at least a little bit of stadium renovation. Now we could have a discussion about, you know, the 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 Titans getting two point one billion dollar a two point one billion dollar stadium built, but at the same time the Titans from a from a statewide standpoint being in the NFL, they they generate more revenue than anything here in the city of Memphis as far as sports is concerned. That's why I keep saying I understand the history of the Memphis Tigers and it means a lot to the city of Memphis. Every single person that lives in Memphis pretty much roots for the Memphis Tigers. It's a big deal. It's in the blood of the city. The Grizzlies are too, y'all. We've got it. Like, it's, and it's been growing I, too. That's what I, I think. do think that people have a point. That and you, you said it. Younger people in this city have a relationship with the Grizzlies that some don't have with the Tigers, and that's okay. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to admit that the Grizzlies have made ground there, and they are so important to the blood of this city. If you remove the city, the economic, the economic disaster that would happen to downtown. Cannot happen. It's yeah. not worth it. It's not worth giving it all to the Liberty to the Liberty Bowl. I, I understand the sentiment there. I understand that it's the Memphis Tigers. They're they're the city's school. We've been it's, waiting to update that waiting. stadium. We've forever. been waiting. I get it. I totally get it. It's unfortunate, but you have to just take away all emotion, all history. At the end of the day, when you zoom out ten years from now, what's more important? The Liberty Bowl getting renovations or the Grizzlies still being here? The Grizzlies still being here. And I don't think that's an argument. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now I hear I hear the argument. That, well, if the Grizzlies wanted to leave, they could leave anyway. But I think if you, have I don't think good, they want to leave. But I don't think they want to leave. And I also think if you keep a good relationship with them, that it's way less likely that they would ever want to leave. So if, just keep it that way. If the Grizzlies leave, it will be devastating to this city for decades. Yes, um, I, I I get where people get frustrated. I I played Memphis football. I want that stadium to be better. I, I I'm so on board with getting that stadium updated. I think by the end of the day, both these things could get done. It just may not That's get my it hope. done in the timely manner that everyone wants it to be done in. Now, I don't want to see – one thing I don't want to see is for the University of Memphis to have to delay this project way off into the future because I just I, – I've seen that happen with the indoor facility. By the way, Dan Mullen loves the indoor facility. I don't know if you saw that. There, he'll, be, he'll be on the call. Did he really? Yeah, he says it's better than some of the places I was at in the SEC. He loves the indoor facility. But I saw that thing get delayed for a long, long time. I, I just want to. Uh, I just want everybody in this situation to be happy and stop overreacting to every bit of news we get. Um, just because Laird Veach came up and made it very clear he wants those stadium uh, funds to go to the Simmons, he wants everything that he asked for at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Does not mean he's going to get it, but also at the same time, I just think everyone needs to take a chill pill for a moment because I, I, I think ultimately, yeah, I think some public talk can sway the way that the city will allocate these funds, but I don't think in the end of the day the city's going to take all of these, uh, all of these discussions into, uh, into account when they ultimately make that decision. So just for the time being, I think everybody needs to take a chill pill and relax. Yeah, yeah and I don't blame Laird Veach and the Tigers or anybody at, at you know, Simmons Bank. I, I don't blame anybody there for pushing or, and campaigning for this. I, I fully uh, understand that you have to do that. You have to do that, but I also think that people have got to understand that people can push back against that and say, hey, you know, we get what y'all are saying. Everything y'all are saying makes sense, but here are the reasons that, it, that the Grizzlies need to be heavily considered um, in this discussion. I also, I, I don't know the history of it. I, I'm not going to act like I am, I am very well versed on it, but how often does like state funds or city funds go to a university over a pro team? That just doesn't seem like a very not, common a not a lot. Well, especially when it's not a state often. school. And also, you look at—I I saw this yesterday. Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City is going to throw out nine hundred million dollars worth of funds. Fifty million is going to come from the ownership group of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're going to have a new stadium. I mean, if you look at or new arena. If you look at the—if you're the Memphis Grizzlies and you're the higher ups there, and you look at that eight hundred fifty million dollars thrown from the city to the Oklahoma City Thunder, you should feel like you should have a same a similar relationship with the city you're in. Um, and if you don't necessarily have that relationship, how do you feel long-term about staying in said city? I think there's questions that need to be raised about that. But uh, if, you're looking around the, if you're looking around the NBA uh, and where those, where those funds come from, generally speaking, it's not from ownership. It's from state or city right. to, to get those arenas done. Right. And I think the reason this is such a hot-button topic is, you know, it's one that has – fandom is fandom for a reason, and people are very passionate about the Memphis Tigers and the Memphis Grizzlies. But 
So I understand the complex emotions and the nuance that can come into this discussion, but at the end of the day, I think it's pretty black and white. It's they are going to give the money where they think that it is going to profit the most, yeah. where they think the and state you, and is you going have to give to back the money the most, where they think on the future. The, yeah, you, you that's just... that's what that's how they're looking at it. They're not looking at it as a, oh, if we do this, they're going to get into the power five. That's not that's not how this is going down. They're looking at it as yeah. It would maybe help the case to get into a Power 5 conference if, if that stadium got renovated. There's no guarantee on that. So they are looking at 10 years from now, if we put money into the FedEx Forum and their Liberty Bowl, which one has a better return? And that's ultimately going to be how this gets split. It's that simple, y'all. It's going to be that simple. It's not going to be – we're not doing the history of the Tigers versus the history of the Grizzlies. It's going to be which team's going to make more money after we put this money into their arena or their Liberty Bowl. It's it's that simple. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet. Uses during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. And I know the question you asked me was ultimately not an overreaction. Um, you said too much is being made of this debate. I said that's not an overreaction. I think this entire debate, this entire conversation <laughs> is an overreaction from both sides. I think that uh, we need to take the Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers just tore his Achilles, but he said, what was it, a couple years ago when they lost game one in the in, in uh, Green Bay, he said R-E-L-A-X. Is that what he said? Relax. Everybody, R-E-L-A-X. Yes. Now, next up, the NBA Board of Governors has passed a tougher resting policy for star players. The fine system for teams begins with 100 k for first offenses, 250 k for second offenses, and $1 million more uh, than the previous penalty for each additional fine. Enforcement will be based on league offices' investigations, which in, which will include independent medical reviews. This policy will help solve the issues that have plagued the regular season as of late. Overreaction or not an overreaction? I want to say this. I appreciate the effort from the NBA. Now, that being said, it's an overreaction. Um, now, I, I want to shed a little bit more light. Uh, it's about resting policy for star players. Star players are being defined by the NBA as someone who has made an all-star or all-NBA team in the in any of the past three seasons. So the Grizzlies, Jaron, and Ja would fall under this category. Um, there's 25 teams that have 50 players, so nearly 11% of the league falls under this blanket of star players. They'd be up- impacted by the new rules. I want to say, the NBA is trying. They did the 65-game minimum for all-NBA teams and for um, you know uh, postseason awards. I, I see that, too. I think they have some misplaced hope in the in-season tournament, but I give them credit for seeing an issue that plagues the regular season and the amount of the watchability of regular season games, and they're trying to solve it. Like I, I think they're, I, there's, I give them credit for that. That being said, I'm very curious how this is applied and what they can to, do to enforce. Yeah, they're going to have an independent investigation panel that goes in and checks out. Uh, the medical records, and when these guys sit out, and then they would uh, give out fines because of that. Um, and I'm glad this is a team fine, not an individual fine, because at times teams do hold out guys um, for 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 uh, you know load management purposes. But I, I, how are you going to be able to tell if someone is, if someone, let's say Steph Curry on a nationally televised game has to be held out, and they say it's a calf injury, and he has like a calf strain, they don't want to push it. Um, but real reality says, okay, he's probably just resting. Like, how is an NBA panel going to go in and say his calf was not strained and his calf was not hurting? I, I just want to see how this is applied. I like the effort, but I just don't know if the application is going to equal the effort. Right, I agree with you. This definitely seems like one of those situations, and we talk about it a lot, where you know they didn't let perfect get in the way of good. It's a good, it's a, it's a solid first effort. I'm glad they're making this effort and they're putting this out here. I don't know what else I you just can have, do. Though. I have some questions about how it can be applied, and because of situations exactly like this. What I do like, though, is that it will eliminate the obvious 
Yes. The the obvious sitting, which I think the Kawhi, was Paul George the major, sitting major. with the Clippers and yeah. stuff like so that. Like yeah, so that will go, that will leave because Kawhi, they're, they're not going to be able to just make up injury after injury after injury after injury for these guys. Like, that will be a bit ridiculous, and you can kind of tell, hey, there's some nefariousness going on here. So I'm glad that they are making this effort. I still think that we may have some more application to do in the future, but it's a good first step. It's a good first step, yeah. and I'm with you. I'm very happy that this, these fines go to the teams because we have had some players come out during this whole discussion, and they've talked about how, well, a lot of us didn't want to sit out, which I don't fully. The medical I, team I, I'm held not, us out. I'm not sure I fully buy Yeah, not that. everyone. There is some. <laughs> yeah, there is not c- sure. certainly some situations where the team absolutely right. holds these guys Right, out. so I am glad that it will go to, to, the, to the team being fined and not the indiv- individual player, but um, I'm curious to see. It, there's a lot of new stuff going on in the NBA next season. I'm curious to see what it looks like. Um, so a couple of other things. Teams must manage their roster to ensure that no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. For example, with the Celtics, Jalen and Brown, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum cannot be rested in the same game unless they are both injured. Teams must ensure that star players are available for nationally televised and in-season tournament games. Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown when a star player stops participating in games. Uh, we've we've seen the the Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard situations at the end of the season. They're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, teams must maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for star players in home games and road games, so the preference for those absences to happen in home games, like you mentioned the other day. I mean, you, you, you pay all this money at the beginning of the season, say you're in the city of Memphis and you want to go see LeBron and AD play when they come to when the Lakers come to, to Memphis, you spent all that money, and on the back end, LeBron and AD aren't playing. It's right. really frustrating. The NBA is trying to nip that in the bud, and also teams must ensure that healthy players resting for a game are present and visible to fans. They have to be on the uh, on the bench and uh, not necessarily available for the game, but available for the the fans to see at the very least. Um, again, love the effort application, though. I also I also like the idea that they can't do long term shutdowns that aren't injury related. Like the NBA said that Bradley Beal would have gotten investigated last year, Damian Lillard. I'm going to be curious how they deal with the potential Damian Lillard and James Harden situations. But there, can I say this? There's ways to get around the Bradley Beal and Dame Lillard thing, right? They could play them for a couple minutes and sit them for the rest of the game. Sure. Right? Like, there's there's still going to be loopholes that are used no, by these no, NBA sure, teams to sure. get That's over just, all this. I'm, That's why I am, I am a little bit mum. I'm a little bit, you know, hesitant to say this is a great thing. This is ultimately going to work because the application is going to be harder than the effort you're making. Right. I'm also curious what quantifies for a star player. Yeah, like, but no, what, I already told you. Did that. They, is there a yeah. uh, star player? Someone who has made the All Star or okay. All NBA gotcha. team in gotcha. any gotcha. of the gotcha. past gotcha. three seasons. So again, John Jaron for the Grizzlies. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum for the Celtics, yeah, among and, others. Yeah, yeah. it's it's eleven percent of the league. It's fifty players. So we'll see how it works out. It's a good first step. Yeah, it's a step, and I do wonder, like some of these teams, <laughs> and I know no one wants to get fined. I don't know who wants to get fined, but some of these teams, when they see okay, the first, uh, the first offense is a hundred grand. They're going to test the fence. If they're cash rich and they really want to sit someone on a back to back on the road on national TV, they'll still do it. Listen, they're going to be like the Raptors from Jurassic Park. They're going to test that fence. They're going to find the weakness and they're going to exploit it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's why I, one thing the betting, betting the NBA over the years has been such a weird. Oh, don't do it. It's so tough. Don't do it. Yeah, and like the daily fan, people do daily fantasy for the do NBA. like awards, like, yeah, do, do awards else. and win totals. Yeah, That's, do futures. Dude. Yeah, dude, no, you don't know it's what game they're going to look like game to game. No, thank you. Now speaking of betting, the NFL season is here, <laughs> and now is the time to get incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers can bet five dollars and get one hundred dollars off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe, K-G-A-B-E-K. Again, that's my promo code, G-A-B-E-K. And kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-betrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan is required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel any time. We have Thursday night football coming up. Tomorrow we have the Vikings visiting the Eagles, but also... 
in town at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. We'll have your Memphis Tigers taking on Navy. We'll preview both those games when we return. 92.9 FM ESPN. NFL Sunday on 92.9 Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back rolling on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We have Tigers versus Navy Thursday night on ESPN. Dan Mullen will be on the call. I did like to see that they took a visit around the, the South Campus and saw the facilities. Dan Mullen was, he said it's better than a lot of Power 5 schools that he's seen and better than schools he's been. I think he's trying to take slick shots, though, ultimately, right? That's Dan Mullen trying to take his shots. Because he was not recruiting all that well. He used to blame it on facilities. But he saw the University of Memphis facility and had to take a couple shots. But I do believe that facility over there is unbelievable. I was promised it's very it. nice. I was promised it from day one. I was promised it on my recruiting yeah, visit was to the also, University of Memphis. I was Never also got to promised the new rec center, too, and I didn't see that, did I? Well, but it's there now. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, okay, sure. I graduated almost eight years ago now. Now, Navy, <laughs> Navy's an interesting case this year. They have been trending down in a lot of ways over the past few. Um, the first few years in the AAC, I think there was a new look triple option that people were not used to. They made it to a conference championship. They, they, were, they were able to take advantage with Kenny Amatololo at the helm. Now they have Brian Newberry, his D.C. I still don't really get that hire, considering he was there with Kenny Amatololo just about the whole time, and he's going to do the same things. But Navy is 1-1. One one. They lost 42-3 to in Dublin to Notre Dame and then came back last week versus uh, Wagner and won 24 to nothing. If you're looking for playmakers on their side, it's going to be Ty Lavatai. He's been there for quite a while. Um, and then outside of that, uh, Eli Heidenrich is one of their running backs. He is he's pretty solid. Uh, um, Daba Fofana is their their fullback. That's a hell of a name. Um, he's a guy that's going to be getting a lot of the dive work right up the middle. Um, but they're touchdown threats. But this team, considering what they've been in the past, they've just taken this dive because they they're not able to recruit at the same level. The NIL and transfer portal things have really hurt them long term. And you're starting you're starting to see it catch up to them. In a massive way. But either way, um, Tigers are at home tomorrow night. It started as a 16-point line. It's now at 14. The over-under is 46. Uh, Vegas feels like this is going to be a low-scoring game. Now, for the Tigers, there's a couple of things worth mentioning. One, it looks like Davion Ross, who is the starting star in a star, it's, it's sort of their nickel formation, uh, the guy that will cover up uh, uh, um, cover up slots and, and do all that type of work for this team as a, as a extra corner, extra DB. He's going to be out for an extended period of time, according to Ryan Silverfield. Right now, listed as the starting star is Andarius Coffey, and I do have to give a big shout-out to Andarius Coffey. This is a guy who's dealt with injury after injury, was a running back, was a slot receiver, finally has found a home seemingly in that defensive backfield that's much improved. It's, it's probably hard this year to break that rotation, and Darius Coffey as a redshirt junior has finally done that in a pretty meaningful way, and he's gotten some good snaps, had a pick this year. I mean, he has done a good job of, of sort of bringing himself along in different areas and trying to be available to whatever staff has been on campus. Right. So this is a big game in terms of things that we can take away. It feels like the first real game that we may be able to take away something from it with yes. the Tigers, other than defense, because that defense does now, seem great. Let me let me say this about defense. I, okay. I want to be I want to be clear. This defense has been great through two games: Bethune Cookman and Arkansas State. Now we could talk about the the competition not being very good. That certainly is the truth. I think they've been good anyway. This can be a different test. This is completely different. This is not normal defense you run. It's, it's gap integrity. It's tackling the right guy. It's making sure you don't allow big plays. You're going to get a lot of fourth downs. It's just a different defensive look. So I, I don't know if the first two games tell us a whole lot about what this Navy effort is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. That, that's where I'm at there. I think we really get tested, though, offensively, and we really understand what this team is going to be capable of going into the future. Now, I don't think Navy is a world beater on the defense side of the ball, but they do have a defensive-minded head coach. They've been solid on defense in the past. They're very disciplined. Um, this team's going to have to show that they can run the ball. That's the truth of it. I think they're more talented on the outside than this Navy, defense, uh, this Navy secondary. We saw that Navy secondary get exposed in a big way 
against uh, Notre Dame um, and Sam Hartman. I think Seth Hennigan and these weapons have a chance to, to really show who they are against this Navy team. Um, but that run game has to get going. You have to find a way to get this offense to more balance. This offense has not been balanced in about, you know, two and a half years. Those first six games of the Ryan Silverfield experience with Brandon Thomas running the ball were great. But since then, it's been just not much, not much to really look forward to or really see. Against Arkansas State, you thought, okay, they're more talented. They should be more talented up front. They have talented backs. They should be able to run the ball on this team. And most they ever got, I mean, 20, 20 carries for Blake Watson, 51 yards, that's just not enough. Not enough against a team of Arkansas State's ilk. That was going to be that was where I was going with the question. I was going to say I don't think we're going to learn much on the defensive end because of how Navy runs their offense. But I was going to ask, which of these skill position guys do you think need to have a big game? Where, who do you think it's the most important for? And it sounds like Watson might be your pick I think there. Watson is the guy because he it, it's been, it's been very clear through two games that this is a guy they want to give the ball to 15 to 20 times a game potentially. Right. And they, obviously they're going to bring in Sutton Smith. They're going to bring in Jay Ducker. Uh, Bull Hargrove may get some run. We saw it at the end of that Arkansas State game. But Blake Watson is going to be their premier lead in between the tackles back. I have to see him get more production game to game. Sutton Smith's a guy I want to see them get the ball in the hands of, and he could do some in-between-the-tackle stuff, but they seem to be trying to get him the ball on screens, now routes, the whole nine yards, trying to get him off tackle, get him into space. I think he has the ability to have a big game, but Blake Watson, based on the first two games, if he's going to be your lead back, you need to get him in a 100-yard game. You need to get him going and get that confidence brewing, get that old lines confidence brewing for the rest of the season. Because you're after this Navy game, you're dealing with the toughest part of your schedule. You got Mizzou, Tulane, um, and then uh, um, Boise State. You're going to have to find a way to make these things happen before you get into that stretch. All right, I got a behind-the-scenes question for you that I thought of while you were talking about Navy. Is Navy week? Just do you, is it just a completely different scheme that the defense has to learn yes. because it's Navy? Well, like, is, is it? Can, I guess what, what I'm asking is like, let us peek behind the curtain. You've been there. You've been during Navy right. prep week. And what I, does it look like from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint in practice? What ultimately happens? Like, do y'all run? It, uh, yes, yes. Like the scout team is going to run the uh, the the Navy scheme. Right. And usually, you're not just going to put your your normal. Uh, scout team quarterback out there. You got to put a running back of some sort because that, I mean, Ty Lavatai, he's not that great. He's not that fast, but he can run a little bit better than normal quarterbacks, and he's going to be asked to do that a whole lot. Although against Wagner, he had 13 drop back passes. That's something that they're going to have to watch out for because you can get big plays off of those. But that's how you practice behind closed doors. But here's what, what, I, what I do need to let people know is in the offseason and in spring ball, you practice this as well because you don't want to get to Navy week and not have, have practiced it already, especially on a short week. They played Saturday. They have to turn around on Thursday. I think my other big concern about this week, and this is a little bit more abstract, is injuries. I get concerned. This is a short week going against a Navy team that's going to be physical with you, that's going to try to take your legs out from under you, and is going to run I mean, run physical dive plays at you a million times during the, the entirety of this game, and they're going to cut you and just – bother you, scramble blocks, you're going to be on your legs the whole game. They beat you up. I am worried about a Saturday to Thursday turnaround. That's one of the quirks of the schedule that was not fun when we first saw it. The quirks of the schedule going from Saturday to Thursday having to deal with this Navy game and how physical they're going to be, I do worry about some of the injury concerns um, going forward. Hopefully nothing of, of significance happens, but that is that is a concern of mine. So it's it's kind of the scout team's biggest week. Yes. Like, hey. Yes, this is the one. This is the one. This is the this one. This is what you live but for. But this is, this is what you, you – you they have been practicing this since spring ball. They have to because they knew they were going to have a short turnaround. And in fall camp, you, you devote days to dealing with the triple option because you have to play Navy. It's just one game, but it does mean a lot because you have to have gap integrity and you just have to stay disciplined as possible against this Navy team. I know that those sound cliche, but that's what it is. And the other part of this is offensively, you can get tremendously bothered by watching Navy run their offense. They can go on eight-minute drives and not score a touchdown because they'll go for it on fourth and one, fourth and a half yard, fourth and two, and they'll keep getting it. Well, and that clock's moving. And that clock will continue to move because they're running the ball. There's no incompletion. So, and, and with the new clock rules, you push them out of bounds, clock's still running. You get a first down, clock's still running. It could really bother this offense if the defense does struggle early in that game. I, I have 
some serious experience with that. It can be very demoralizing to watch that Navy offense click on all cylinders. Now, my hope here is that this offense for Navy won't click on all cylinders because we haven't seen them do that for three, four years now. But it can get demoralizing for an offense to watch Navy continually drive and take up, eat up time that you so desperately need. And on the on the uh, Memphis side, that's why running the ball becomes so uh, important. You want your defense to stay off the field, at least for a little bit. Give them a breather because they're going to be out there for extended periods of time. You can't have three and outs and, and incompletions and keep time on the clock for Navy. You have to eat up some some clock. So running the ball is going to be pretty massive in this game. What do you expect from Seth Hannigan in it? I expect a fair amount. I, I think these – and let me ask you this, too. From the, I, I, have, I have been a – Fairly impressed with the weaponry on the outside. Toski Dove's the leading receiver, 124 yards. He had the the long catch uh, in, the, in that game against Arkansas State. Rock Taylor, I think, is pretty sure-handed. Demir Blankumsey has been pretty sure-handed. I've been relatively impressed, at least through those first two games, against not-so-good opponents. I've been impressed with their ability to get used to this offense quick and get going and help out Seth Hennigan. I, I don't know where, where you stand on I'm that, much more I'm, comfortable. I'm, right there. I'm much more comfortable. It certainly feels like that Seth has around him guys that can actually, you know, and they can they can lift him up rather than him having to lift everybody else up. I just think that... I like Rock Taylor a lot. At some point, and I was I was happy with Seth, like, limiting the, the turnovers last week and, and playing a more he was within petty himself. game yeah. within himself. I do want to see that run game lift him up at least a tad bit. It's been too much on his shoulders the past two years and two games at this point. He's got to be able to get help from that run game. Seems like the key to playing Navy is you have to score on those first few drives. You have to put up points fast. If, If you score fast and if you get up by two touchdowns, you feel good about where you're at against Navy. Them coming back and trying to mount a comeback from two or three scores down is nearly impossible. They don't they're not a quick strike offense by any stretch of the imagination. And they just sort of will continue to grind you down. But if you go down to them early, you put yourself behind uh, behind the eight ball. You put yourself in a very weird predicament in trying to catch up with them. You can catch up with them, but they can't catch up with you. You need to have a fast start. And I don't think that this offense had that fast start last week at Arkansas State. No, certainly not. Yeah, and then throughout the game they had their struggles as well. Now also tomorrow night we'll have Thursday night football It'll be the Vikings at the Eagles. The Vikings lost to the Bucks in week one, and the Eagles end up beating the Pats. Granted, on the road, I was kind of impressed with the, with the Eagles and, and what they were able that to Pat's do. That Pats defense late. is real. It is. It is. It is. Um, I see this as a six-point line with the Eagles right now. I think this will be a runaway for the Eagles. Eagles have to prove they're at the top of the NFC, and who better to do that against a Vikings team whose defense lost a lot of guys in the offseason whose defense is not very good, whose run game in week one against the Bucks looked awful. Alexander Madison did not replace uh, any level of production from Dalvin Cook being on the way out. I feel like the Eagles could really run away with this game. Well, what worries me is it, being on this show with you specifically has completely reframed the way I look at football. Like, I, I completely am like, what's the line look like? like what's the, <laughs> that's, that, not, the, not the betting line, right, the yeah, offensive yeah. line versus defensive line. It there, starts up front. That, Connor is an it starts up front guy now. I love it. It starts in the trenches. It's one in the trenches. <laughs> they got two guys that are hurt on the offensive line, the Vikings. Yeah. That worries me. Because that's, you know whose defense is really good? <laughs> Your defensive line's really good. <laughs> the Eagles. The Eagles. And they're deep, too. They brought in Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter this offseason. They still have Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham. I mean, Fletcher Cox. They're all there. The only guy they're missing from last year that got paid pretty big bucks to go to the 49ers, Javon Hargrave. Um, so there is that. I think Jalen Carter, too. That's another guy. He was Dude, he's been phenomenal through the preseason, and in, in in week one he looked good as well. And he doesn't have to play extended snaps because they're deep at that position. I still, and I understand what happened at Georgia with the speeding and the reckless driving, and him falling to nine into the Eagles' laps. Sometimes the NFL does things, and the rest of the teams in the NFL do things that just leave my my mind boggled. For them to let Jalen Carter fall into the laps of the Eagles is one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in quite a while. I mean, that is just, he's, he's too good. He's way too talented to be bad, and he's been phenomenal. He, he looks like he was arguably, I mean, right there with Will Anderson, he was arguably the best defensive player. I would, I would go as far as to say he was the best defensive player in this past NFL draft. We just had a couple of concerns that dropped him to nine into the Eagles' lap. Oh, we've heard a lot of reports that said he should have gone first. 
Like a lot of people were like, he probably should have been he the should, first pick. <laughs> I mean, it was, certainly he should have been the first uh, defensive player off the board. Will Anderson made his case for that. But Jalen Carter is just so talented, and he's not asked to play extended snaps in that Eagles defense. So he's always fresh. And him as a fresh player, on it's a, it's a nightmare for interior offensive lines everywhere. And the Vikings having three guys down, he could he could be a, a big factor here as we get in there. And they also have a son. They have so many guys. They have so many guys. And they're at home in front of that crowd again. I feel like this could be a whooping. I do think that the Vikings showed a tendency in week one, though. Kirk Cousins now with Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, I think that that, that pass game could be pretty – Pretty damn lethal this year for them, but can their defense well, stop anybody? That, uh... But can their defense stop anybody? That's what the that's what the question is going to be right. long term for them for their prospects. I don't think this is going to be a thirteen and four team again this year. I I would bet fully against that. I think the Lions, based on Week One, will win that division. But the Vikings' pass game is going to be something that a lot of uh, opposing defenses are going to be scared of week to week. Jordan Addison, dude's good. He had a pretty good week one, not a bad week one. But, he yeah, had like you said, Alexander yards. Madison, It's a lot of people expected him to be a breakout candidate. But, again, it was week one. It, the Bucks, That game was just weird, playing the Bucs. They, they were playing a team with a lot of scrappy veterans that just wanted to go down swinging. They didn't want to be that tank team. And it, feel, it felt like to me, watching the game, that the Vikings got punched in the mouth kind of early, and they were kind of expecting an easy week, and they just didn't know how to handle it after that happened. Yeah, and I have, with that division, the NFC East, we know we haven't had a repeat winner in years and years and years. Cowboys week one make me feel like that trend may hold. Cowboys, okay schedule, middle of the pack, and they hammered the Giants. Wasn't even close, and that defense looks ridiculous. I mean, the, the amount of options they have to go get after the quarterback, Dorrance Armstrong, Micah Parsons, uh, Tank Lawrence, they're just ridiculous at getting after the opposing quarterback. Micah Parsons is like the best player. And in the then league. also, I, I, something that I didn't really hammer home in the preseason that Cowboys team, you had Trayvon Diggs, who just got paid five years, $97 million, and he's been a first team All Pro, led the league in interceptions, all that. Stephon Gilmore, who won the Defensive Player of the Year not too long ago with the New England Patriots, is on the other side. That secondary has improved as, as, as much as anything on that team. The only thing that concerns me is sort of that interior defensive line stopping the run. They tried to get Mozzie Smith. He didn't look good in the preseason. That Cowboys defense should be top five, but the only thing that may hold them back is that run defense. But I, I do feel differently about that NFC East after week one. We had a close game with the Eagles against the Patriots, and the Cowboys went on the road and just manhandled from start to finish that Giants team who has high hopes, still has high hopes in this season. So that was, uh, that was something. We'll see. We'll see, though, as the yeah, season rolls. That game gives me fl- – uh, I hate that game. Waking up and seeing it 40 to nothing and then seeing you up 20, I'll never forget that. Are you, are you, st- are you, st- you going to hold that one for a while? No, I got Dak in another league, so I need him to be good. <laughs> I need the I, so, I, I want the was that, was, that Cowboys more, was, that, was that one of your more hurtful L's in fantasy football? Of it's all one time? of. Last year I lost by. Luckily it's week one, so I you know by, you can recover. I think last year I lost by point one to somebody. That one hurt. That one was, This one was just like so ridiculous. 40 points you from a defense. You sort of laugh. 40 points it's, from a defense there, on the last I had to just be night. like, how is this possible? <laughs> I must have done something to piss off the fantasy gods. <laughs> the fantasy gods. I, must have, I talked a little bit too much smack, I think, after the draft. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that uh, Connor and Gabe Hate Week is behind us. Yes. We'll same. have one later in the season. Yeah, we will. Yeah. And it may mean more. Oh, it's going to mean more. <laughs> uh, we're going to say some nasty things to one another. <laughs> Now, when you think of engagement rings, wedding bands, diamonds, think Robert Irwin Jewelers. Ring design is the number one thing women care about and why all Robert Irwin Jewelers rings are fully customizable. And this is how customizable they are. If you have an idea, if you have a picture, if you have a drawing, they can make that one-of-a-kind ring come to life before your eyes. Or you can just go into the store, five different locations, the OG there on Perkins Extended, and you can make the ring all by yourself. You can choose the center stone, cut clarity, shape, size, you can pick the setting. Don't worry. They'll help you if you need it. And Robert Irwin Jewelers will make that ring for your special someone that no one else has or has even ever tried on. It was designed by you for them. It always means more when you take the time to do something special. No pressure. Also, 
with the RIJ meant to be guaranteed. You buy your loose diamond and custom-made engagement ring at Robert Irwin Jewelers. You have 365 days to return. If you guys break up, if you have some issues, if she doesn't like the ring, guess what? You can take it back, get your refund, and go find another. But Robert Irwin Jewelers has been taking care of Memphians for 42 years. Howie and his family have always provided different and more relaxed ways to buy fine jewelry with less pressure, more options, and better prices. They have something for you that you'll be proud of to give no matter what your budget is. They'll make you look good and help you show how much you care. Bigger, brighter diamonds with zero down and up to 60 months to pay. So whether it's congratulations, I love you, I'm sorry, anniversary, birthday, Merry Christmas, $250 to $250,000, Robert Irwin Jewelers has something for every budget. Five Memphis locations, including the one on Perkins Extender. You can go online at rijewelers.com. Bigger, brighter diamonds, Robert Irwin Jewelers. Now, Jeff Calkins is scheduled to join, and I think there's one topic of conversation that we really need to hit, and that is the stadium renovations and the money and the contentious feeling between Tigers fans and Grizzlies fans, the crossover. Jeff Calkins is next. That's going to be the discussion, 92.9 FM ESPN. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.